episode 91 is here. Welcome to the TFW podcast. That's freaking wrestling. The best kept secret in wrestling podcast. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a family member. We are here. We are rocking and rolling. I am Matt, your host, joined by the co-host with the most, what, what they say, like the most is with the hostess. What's like the old school, like 90s like type things. Rhodesia's up in here. I'm feeling good Eshan today. is up in here. Shout out, of course, to all of you, as always. Y'all know I love shouting you guys out. It's not a script. Uh, I just appreciate, we appreciate everything that you guys have brought in terms of us, any questions or comments, just watching the vids, listening to the audio. Shout out to you guys. If it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be doing it. And we are 91 of these things in. We got 100 coming up soon. We actually talked about that maybe a few days ago. So we got to do something special with episode 100. It ain't many new podcasts that make it that far. So I'm going to give ourselves a round of applause and give you guys a round of applause for rocking and rolling with us for over a year plus. Um, Where y'all want to start? We got Raw to talk about. We made a mistake and ran out of time to talk AEW on Sunday's pod. So we're going to talk AEW. We got a couple of listener questions. One I missed. My bad, Wole. You sent that. I was like, we got you. And then we missed it. So we got you on this one. We're going to take care of everything we may have missed on Sunday after I spent 50 minutes deep diving that punk promo for, for SmackDown. But we got some good feedback from that show, so we appreciate it. Where y'all want to start today? Speaking of promos, we might as well, right? Might as well talk about Raw. Might as well talk about my favorite wrestlers. One being CM Punk. The other one being Seth Rollins. She's still going with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like it. All right. But, 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 but before we get there, we got to acknowledge that Seth Rollins looked like a million bucks. He is the absolute man. And I know we say that all the time, all the time, but seeing him in the ring side by side about to punk, he's bigger, taller, and he just looks like more of a star. And I know that was kind of the, the, the point of it. Punk is just a casual kind of down to earth guy, but man, did I see a huge discrepancy visually. And when we talk about on the mic, should I just deep dive and go on it? Or, or do y'all want to go? You are leading this thing. You said these are both your favorite wrestlers. So I'm just proud of you that you remember this stick, that <laughs> CM Punk is your favorite wrestler. So I'm laying out. It, it, is your, it is your time. It is your show. First off, Seth comes out looking like Barney 2.0, looking good, as Booker T would say. And he just gave it to him. He made it perfectly clear. He made it more perfectly clear, clear than I, more than perfectly, perfectly and publicly clear. clear than I could have ever done back in the day. But I turned over a new leaf. He said, I hate you. <laughs> he did. Let's not get it tangled and twisted. We talk about old school phrases, right? Not tangling and twisting it. I hate you. But we can get to this money. We can get to this money. I had just one complaint about the whole promo. And I know, Matt, you mentioned it too when we, you and I were talking was I didn't really want Punk talking after that. Seth had such a, an awesome promo. And I didn't think it was needed for Punk to even say anything afterwards. But I guess we got the he's entering the Royal Rumble um, to win it, I guess. Um, but that would be my only, my only thing that I knock for. But overall, as far as I know, last week we were talking about how Punk's promo um, on SmackDown probably was the promo of the year or a contender. I think this is probably the, the contender for going back and forth in the ring promo wise on the mic. I've seen that a lot on social media. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah. You know, I appreciate Rhodesia's energy tonight. I'm, I'm I feeling it. good today. Yeah, I love that. I love seeing my sisters happy Boston wrestling. I love mm-hmm. that. Okay, it was, you know, it was a great. On top. It was a, oh, yeah, on top. Never Ashley acts like she's about to throw up. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, we had an interesting conversation before we started the podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a great promo, great moment. Um, and I think that Seth really rose to the occasion. I don't know about it, man. Look, I think that that outfit he had on, I think that was the less like, uh man. Like that, his outfits are something, right? That sequence outfit, that wasn't that bad. It looked like he looked like one of the temptations. He was like, getting, right? he was getting yeah. yeah, to work. He, he like one of the here. Yeah, he yeah. didn't need any ruffled shoulder pads getting in the way in case Punk tried to hit him. So he just had to come out there looking dapper in his Barney suit. Glisten. Yeah, I want to come out there and do like a little spin move with him a little bit, you know, a little shuffle side to side. Yeah, he did all right, but um, really great stuff from him. And we talked about some of his verbiage, right? We knew, we knew a lot of those shots and some of the things he said was going to come out there. Right. But it was important for him to deliver his message a certain type of way that he didn't sound like a little, you know, a little B like, mm-hmm. right. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it's funny when CM Punk mentioned like his voice, like the little windy voice, he does mm-hmm. kind of have like a kind of a whine to it. He has a weird voice. Yeah. Right. So it's, it'll be easy for him to kind of come off like he's complaining. Um, but I think he, he came off really well, really passionate. Um, his eyes told a story that looked like, bro, I want to kill you. Yeah. Like, and when I see you in the right form, it's going to be on. So kudos to those guys. Another great story. I was concerned if Seth was going to be a step up to CM Punk in, on, on the mic. And he did a good job. What do you think, Mike? Uh, Matt? So a few things. One, shout out to you, E. Uh, we just talked on Sunday's pod that, hey, when Seth comes out, he going to have to get rid of that Joker laugh. Like, it's got to be serious, real business. That was the Seth Rollins we got. I think there's a uh, positive and a negative to that. We can get to that if you guys want to. Um, thought it was fantastic. Big business. Mm-hmm. When they stood there and they were face-to-face and they let that crowd go. And Rhodesia said it, she thought the crowd was good i saw a lot of people online thought they were good they weren't the best uh and typically cleveland's not the best they'll show up like they'll be butts and seats but in terms of that raucous crowd if they were in front of a hard horror hard hard hardcore fan based crowd they would have to stand there another 30 45 seconds of the dueling chance you know the singing and and cm punk uh but they were for sure it it did its purpose it, it did enough uh i think that let me just kind of, Seth was talking that shit. He, he was talking that talk. I right? hate you. Yep. And we also talked on Sunday, I told you guys that there are, Punk has not been produced since he's been back to WWE. His promo on Monday didn't have a producer next to it. His promo on SmackDown didn't have a producer next to it. Promo last night did not have a uh, producer next to it. So everything that you're seeing and hearing is from the horse's mouth. So Seth saying, hey, dude, I hate you. That was real. He was shooting. Um, so now, because there's no, we're not, we don't need to deep dive this promo. Everything they said was right there, uh, right mm-hmm. in front of our faces to to hear. But I do want to say, Punk comes out or Seth comes out and says, "Well, first to start with Punk, Punk apologized. 
He did. To the to the fan base, mm-hmm. which he didn't apologize his first promo back. He think he gave the reason mm-hmm. why. And he just said, I love you. You know, I'm happy to be back. But he didn't apologize. I thought that was cool. Once again, he's talking to the fan base that does not follow him and did not follow him in AEW. Right? So cool. I think that also put him put himself in an even bigger face role before that or after that, I should say. So he comes so Seth comes out. Right, Seth says, this is my home, not yours. Cool. Seth says, 10 years, you have been trying to destroy me and destroy this place, and now you coming back like everything is all sweet. It ain't sweet. Cool. Seth hit him with the line, I hate you. I can't remember the last time I've heard I'm telling a you. baby face say, I hate you, <laughs> in a wrestling promo. Outside of maybe Eddie Kingston. In AEW, I don't think <laughs> I've heard that. Hit him with the, I hate you. Then he cuts deep. Then he goes, two things are going to happen. Either you're going to quit, and I'm going to be right. <laughs> I'm going to be right there to throw that door around that ass. Or I'm going to get in the ring with you, and I'm going to expose you for not being a great wrestler and showing you that I'm the best <laughs> in the world. Let's go. Gunshot. Seth did all that talking. All that talking. All that yapping. Can anybody tell me how the crowd reacted after he said all that? They were pre- pretty much indifferent. Mm-mm. They didn't boo. They didn't boo him. Nope, they didn't boo him. But no. what did we get from that crowd? I got a little bit of even of a oh. There was a little hmm. bit there. Okay. And then I was a CM Punk chant. But <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But, there it is. but that was already kind of after there the fact. Said all that. He said all that. He said exactly what he thought about that man. He said where that man has been trying to destroy this place for 10 years. That crowd was like, yeah, 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 that's all great. But CM Punk, CM Punk. At that point, I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Seth's got some, he got an uphill battle here. He got an uphill battle. To your point, Rhodesia, yes. I would have loved for that promo to end on the breast in the world line and then, hey, hit Seth's music. I get we had to get to the rumble. Yeah. Um, I also know that, okay, that gave Punk the opportunity to say, all right, this is your one-off. I'm not taking this type of disrespect again, but I, I'll give you one. And I get w- that, but I I would have loved for um, Adam Pierce to go to the back as soon as he signed. He stayed out there. I would have loved for that best in the world line to hit. I would have I would have loved for Punk maybe to have kind of like a I'm thinking look on his face. He leaves right out the ring. Seth's still standing there. We come back from commercial and Punk is in Adam Pierce's locker room and or his office and says, Hey, seeing we're making things official, put me in the Royal Rumble this year and just walk out. That's what I would have preferred because I wanted I wanted Seth to have the final say. Like this promo was strictly set up for Seth to look like a million bucks. I just I didn't need and didn't want Punk to have a retort at all on that. And his retort wasn't really about anything that uh, Seth said that's coming after this week. Mm-hmm. It may even come after the Rumble, but that's coming where he actually gives a retort to those those things. But that that's the only nitpick I would have had was I would have loved for it just to stop right there. Before you know, allow we... me to retort though, because um, if I'm CM Punk, I got something to say too. You ain't gonna have the last word for me, fam. Like I'm gonna upsta- I'm gonna try to upstage you too. I'm gonna try to take a little bit of that shine back. That's only natural now in the wrestling world okay we want to maybe have Seth shine but you think about this is supposed to be a personal feud between them as us kind of 
you know, toting the line of realism, like why would CM Punk allow him to have the last word? Like it only kind of makes sense. And as I told you guys with uh with Seth, man, yeah, we knew he's gonna have up like look, CM Punk has been gone for 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. The crowd misses him, they want to see him, they remember all the good times. They don't remember, they don't know about any of the AEW stuff. Maybe vague. They might have an idea, possibly. Like, right? But they want to cheer this man. They want to cheer this man. They want to welcome this man back with open arms. And they don't know or care about all the drama. They don't care about none of the backstory. We talked about Seth. Every opponent he's had, you know, from Nakamura on, they've chanted that guy or cheered that person. You know, and we said countless times that, you know, his theme song is more over than he is, which I think is okay because I feel like the crowd still likes Seth. I'm okay with they the absolutely theme song do. being a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to take much for that crowd to potentially turn on Seth if this doesn't go the correct way with all the momentum and the fanfare that CM Punk has on his return. It's kind of the same reason why I didn't necessarily want a Randy Hill, or Randy Hill, Randy Orton Hill turn on Cody mm-hmm. Rose when he first returned. I was like, man, people love this guy. They want to see him back. So it's going to be kind of hard to not want to cheer this person. And naturally, you know, what you don't want, you don't want them, you want them to feel a certain type of way. You want them to want to see someone get the upper hand. You don't want them to kind of feel indifferent about either guy or the feud itself. So naturally, someone's going to pick a side at some point. If you care, and I think they're going to care, they're going to pick a side at some point. Absolutely. Um, but I, after last night's promo, I have no doubt that Seth is going to be just as big a star as he is now, if not greater, in this feud with Punk. I thought I was, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit worried, concerned that maybe he was not going to step up to the plate. But after last night's performance, I, all doubts have gone away. Um, I do want to mention one thing about my favorite wrestler and how he retorted. Mm-hmm. If that was not like just uh-huh. such an old school, like today I think the vibe today is just like old school. Like it was such an old school, like, hey. I'm going to let you get yours. I get that one off. Mm-hmm. But that is the last time you ever talk to me with any tone like that before I knock you out. Like, to me, I was like, that felt just as passionate. That, like, um, put everything that Seth said wrapped up in one line. Like, listen, okay, got you. Like, it's almost like, I got that. That one's on me. But you mm-hmm. ain't going to do that again. And I felt that just as equally as I felt the I hate you line. Both, both knocked it out of the park for me. Again, I just oh. wish that... Just, I just wish that Pink didn't talk after Seth. They could have did something different, um, but whatever. But, yeah, but, you're, but if he didn't, you wouldn't have got that line of him. You, all right, you got that one, but yep. that's enough. Hey, but you real quick, though. You were right about I did like I didn't know Seth was that big of a dude because CM Punk ain't a small guy. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Well, like, Seth, Seth is a, he's a tall guy. What is he, like, six? Is he 6'2 or something like that? I would say about 6'2. I just remember when they first started The Shield, he had always been the small guy. But then it was like when like he it. would battle against Roman. And every time he battled against somebody, Seth is actually pretty darn tall. Yeah. But he, he but again, that just shows you that he wrestles like a little guy. And not little in a derogatory way, just that he's agile and he can move like a little guy. And I'm telling you, if both of them can, can give it their all, I do believe in Seth. And I do think Seth will run circles around CM Punk in the ring. That's just me talking. And, and that I, was that was a shoot line. It had to be. He, he it had to be. To push him. He, and yes. they're going to push each other. But that yep. is what, when you can get two professionals, and mm-hmm. I use that word professional, right? We know Seth feels a certain type of way about punk. But we're going to go in here. We're going to use that. And make a lot of and money. And after one promo, 
after one promo, I think everybody feels like if WrestleMania was Sunday, that, <laughs> may, know, have main event that may have to go night two. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, though. Yeah. And, and we, we've talked about embarrassment or riches with where they are with talent. Think about this. We got a WrestleMania go-home show level promo in December. Woo! Woo. Crazy talk. So we have uh, the two odds-on favorites to win the Rumble. I'm going to say officially in the Rumble, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk. Who y'all got winning between them two and why? Since I'm not that great of a booker, I'm going to just say what everybody else is saying. So we'll put, oh, no, you got a point. Because who's going to, how are they going to, how are we going to build to Roman? How are we going to build to Seth? That's a very, very good question. Um, let's go with, I don't think Punk is going to lose to Seth. So if they both are in the Rumble, I'm going to say Punk is going to win the Rumble. And then Seth is going to get in the Elimination Chamber or at No Way Out. Which I call Seth or Cody? Out. You mean Cody? Cody. I'm so sorry. Cody. Okay. Cody's going to get in the elimination chamber at what I call No Way Out. So we're just going to stick to this. This is the old school show then. This is going to stick to that. Like maybe I should even title it that because you went No Way Out. If you guys <laughs> were not watching <laughs> old school show WWE years and years ago, he knows all about No Way Out. That was the February pay per view. And No Way Out almost every year was so bad. No way out of this pay-per-view because you went from the rumble. We got to do a show in February just to get to mania, which used to be in March. Now it's, it's in April, of course, every year. So that was like, February was no way out. It was just like, man, this is, and typically not much happened. Nothing. On no show. Just some good matches. uh, (laughs) That's funny. Okay. So you got, uh, you got punk winning the rumble and then Cody figuring out a story to get to Roman. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eat what you got. So question about the elimination match, because I, I forget all these rules. I'm getting old. Um, doesn't that match typically, the winner of those matches typically have a shot at that brand's champion? They don't allow, it doesn't allow them to switch brands, right? It's just, it's that brand's champion, right? So typically, well, and maybe I'm wrong in this, that's typically a title match. It is usually a title match. Yep. In the past, so it's, it's typically, usually a title match. So I'm going to assume this year, it's going to be a number one yep. contenders match. But then, E, to your point, how do you get Cody and Roman together? Because the reason why I ask it, I, I believe that, because Roman wasn't in the last one. He didn't finish in championship in the last one. I think in they, which one? The Elimination Chamber, you mean? Yeah. Was last year, he wasn't in the Elimination Chamber match, right? Didn't he have a no. match against KO? Mm-mm. That was the rumble. He had a match with Sammy. That, that, Sammy. That was oh, so it was Sammy's yeah. match. Okay. That was a Canada match. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe the elimination chamber was only females last year, right? Maybe. No, there was a man's match. There was a male's match. Male match. Male. Men's. And who who won it? Because yeah, I don't remember. Remember, it was only it, it wouldn't have been a point unless it was a tag match because it was only one champ at the time. And that was Roman. Yeah, oh, we only point. had one champion. So yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, because I'm pulling up right now. Because I'm, I'm thinking, okay. Because I'm thinking, all right. Because I'm, I'm in my my memory is probably incorrect though. But I'm thinking if it's going to be, a, uh, if it's, I'm thinking I'm going to go with Cody winning the the Rumble. Okay, him winning the Rumble. And if I'm booking uh... it, 
I may even book Cody to go like number one or number two mm-hmm. and last to the end this time, right? Because like, you know, he has to. Before you guys were, you know, on the Cody bandwagon, one of the things, oh, he came in at 30, whatever, and he won, right? Anybody can do that. But no one has, actually. That's one of the few people would actually win at 30. Um, but I, I can see him maybe work being a workhorse, number one, number two, winning it, you know, so he can see that hard work ethic, and then maybe Punk um, getting his buy at the Elimination Chamber. What did you guys come up with? It was actually... Austin Theory winning the Elimination Chamber for the U.S. Championship. U.S. title. U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Got it. Uh, that's a great point, E. I didn't think about the whole how would, if Cody wins that number one contenders match in the chamber, how does he get to SmackDown? Uh, I would still have Punk winning the Rumble and then Cody just needing just that one more obstacle, that last obstacle to get there. And he can just build that up. A beast got thrown to me. Right, like just in all of it. Hey, I was going to win the rumble, and then this guy who wasn't even with the company five months ago wins the rumble, and now I'm going through hell through the elimination chamber to finish my story. I think there's a really, really good story. I see a lot of people online just like, man, Punk better not win the rumble. Newsflash, and we'll see how this works out. Where they been at? That sounds like a punk hater to me. I think it's like a 96% chance Punk loses to Seth at Mania. So it don't matter if Could he wins be. the Rumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you guys, so if we think about that, if we, Punk wins the Rumble, as we said, because I'm all about, you know, working smarter and not harder, right? Like, it'll be a much, like, Seth and Punk are on the same brand. It'll be much easier to get those guys together for a match at Mania mm-hmm. than it would be for Cody to figure out a way to get to SmackDown to get his shot at Roman's title without a, a Rumble win. Right. So now we got to come up with a convoluted and hopefully creative solution to that that problem. They would have it, which is to be easier. Just let them win. Like, right. And then you can easily at that point now, you know, Seth needs a, a, a opponent. And so they can have some kind of number one contenders match, some kind of tournament, you know, or whatever chamber, it is to get a chamber match or the chamber right. match. Right. The chamber to, match. Get, to get that match. So it's, it's an easier solution. My my vote is still for. Um, Punk winning the Rumble just for the TV after the Rumble. Like, Punk wins the Rumble. Punk's coming out Monday and saying, Seth, is me and you. And, like, you're good. If Cody was to win the Rumble, we know Cody is going after Roman, right? So right. then that Friday on SmackDown, does he come out and say, Roman, it's me and you, and now, like, he's floating in kind of, like, nowhere land for eight weeks on SmackDown? Like, that's why I said give him that one last obstacle where we can get those impassioned Cody promos talking about the chamber. Well, you really don't need that with Punk. The the Punk is going to be, yep, I know that it's me and Seth, and we can still, of course, wrestle and all that kind of good stuff um, in between that point. But that's why I would go Punk, just because from a storytelling I got something else for you. It'd be interesting. Like I said, I, th- I think it'd be easier maybe if they return one of them. And what if, like, Seth, you know, cost Punk Somehow his uh his spot in the like let's say you know Punk is in the the match at the Rumble and Seth comes out and distracts him and does something and causes him to get eliminated right now that furthers their beef. Eternal sent me something on X. Follow us on X if you haven't. Uh, I'm going to read it to you guys because it's something similar to that. 
And I was like, man, you really don't want Punk winning the Rumble, do you? Oh, so be him could be BFFs. Oh, sorry, I nope. said that loud. You got, yeah, you got, you got to stick to your gimmick. Yeah, um, why are you pulling that um, up? Eternal said. So they they announced Seth and Drew at the first Raw of the year in January, and uh, Eternal said I would actually have Drew cheat to win against Seth. Seth gets a rematch at the Rumble, loses that. Enters the Royal Rumble, CM Punk eliminates Seth. Seth gets back in the ring with anger and eliminates Punk as well. Eternal's just trying to get to where it's not for the title. <laughs> and I say he really don't want that match for the title, hon. He says it's not that. It's not that. I just don't think they need it. Um, and then he said, I'm just confused why they are doing all this with Drew just to lose to Seth again. I think that's a big that's a really, point for, that's a good, for that's another good. day. Yeah, no, that's really good because the Seth, we always talk about like the Roman and Cody, it shouldn't have to be for the title, um, but but whatever. I feel the same way with Seth and, and Punk. I think they don't necessarily need a title to go against each other. But for 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 me, for Punk to get a main event WrestleMania, you gotta be able Both. to have a title. So. Because you can't really give a great excuse. And yeah, we can say... Mm-hmm what sold night one but you you can't yeah. you, there's no good excuse to put nope. the women's title match on top and then have them work you know second to last match yeah. like that match has to go on last yeah and yeah. it's a perfect storm for it to happen because you think about mania if you got night two roman roman versus cody two right night one yep. is seth versus CM punk like i get that we are we're all super duper fans but you think about the non-hardcore super duper fan who doesn't know about the AEW drama, who doesn't care about the AEW drama. They don't know what happened or why he left. Like right. those people, just imagine them looking at a poster and seeing those two matchups. That's huge. Man. Like, right? That's massive. Huge. And that's what you got to think about. Because, yeah, we got a new regime. Triple H is very in tune with every aspect of the WWE artist, not just the, the hardcore or the casuals like Vince was trying to be, he also understands a bigger picture that he has to create the biggest card possible for Mania. Now this was no way out. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> we're talking about WrestleMania. This, these are, this is the biggest show in all of wrestling, right? And what bigger way to have those four guys on the marquee. Now, either way, let's just say, let's just say we take the belt off of, Seth and we have a straight up match with Punk and Seth as a as a grudge match, whatever the case may be. What are we doing with Drew? Okay, he's the champion. Like, right? Who's his opponent, right? Now, mm-hmm. if Drew is the champion, he's gonna be at best at this point the fourth, maybe fifth match on the card, because we got Roman Cody two is number one. CM Punk and Seth, like it or not, is still gonna be your number two match. Right, there's a possibility they might whatever they have in store for the women might be the next match they want to put up on the card, right? So that's just make that's just making Drew as a champion, you know, not be on the level that he needs to be. I would think at that point. So it's just like it's best to you know continue this slow story that they're turning with Drew and get him to where he needs to be, possibly after Mania. And you think about. It's been a lot, you know, it, it was, we are, we, they are, they are doing some great stuff, WWE. Like, think about a few months ago, we were saying night one main event could be Jimmy versus Jay. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, Punk is a massive yet, name. Yeah. Punk is a massive name that you just brought in. But it hasn't been too many times in the past where you switch in 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 our minds as fans. We switch what should be a main event in WrestleMania unless somebody got hurt. That just shows how many people they have that's over. I'm sure there is somebody here that thinks that like LA Knight could be in the main event of one of the nights at WrestleMania. I'm sure there's people who feel like Gunther could be in one of the, the the main events. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they are doing it right and it's because this 50-50 booking ain't a thing. I kind of do wish maybe 50-50 booking was a thing for Jay Uso. We brought up Drew. Um, I don't think Jay's won a singles match since he went to Raw. And he's still over and, hmm. you know, he's extremely wow. likable and all that kind of stuff. But wow, I just hope that they continue with him being a main event caliber presentation after mania with him and jimmy because i could see this being just kind of like a holding pattern until that point and then him and jimmy get together wrestle and i don't know maybe they hug and they get you know whatever that looks like i just want him still being a main eventer until something he did you know what i'm saying like if he, okay if he just dropped organically down a couple of pegs cool if every all the stories have just been told for him at that level and there's other people that now he needs to work that's like mid card upper mid card cool i just don't want to see him just drop because all right we don't need him in the spot anymore let's tell the story with jimmy and solo and put him back to where he was a year ago two years ago spoiler alert i see how this is all gonna go i just had an epiphany i said i wasn't a good booker but i'm a good booker now at least for this quick moment so we have punk win the rumble okay we have seth and punk wrestlemania night one seth wins so before we leave, Damian Priest comes in, cashes in because Seth and Punk killed each other, cashes in, and our Priest is the new heavyweight champion. Book that and gave me my royalties for it. Let's not book that. <laughs> Let's not book that. Like, like, I don't think they've done enough, you know, as Matt Gavins just thought. I don't think they've done enough yet to put Priest. They have not. I don't, yes, he's not on the level. To pin, to pin Punk and or No, no, Rollins. Seth. To take Seth. To, I'm, I'm just saying. I, either one is what I'm saying. Yes, because Seth At is now, because Seth is beat up by Punk. Seth so, has gotten his ass whooped royally by CM Punk. Absolutely. But here's the thing. At, at, again, like I think if this was No Way Out, you know what I'm saying, or In Your House, like 15 or something like that. That might be a that might be a nice throw for like you know like a, a raw, but we're talking about a mania at the biggest stage. Wait, wait, wait. And punk right, I mean, and Damian Priest right now. Wait, 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 wait. We had pure irony fashion. Seth cashed in on Mania. Was it against what Brock and Roman? Brock and Roman because everybody hated Roman. That's why. Yeah, but, 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 but still though, but, so, but so but Brock and Roman was one and two. That's the reason why. And, Seth was Roman was one and two. Seth was a I was, at that time was a higher level than Damian Priest is. But we still have Apparently. time to get there though. We still have time to get there. We do. We, I wonder, I, but I wonder when we see him cash in, should, should the Judgment Day rift that is continuing to bubble more and more each week, should that be said and done? Right? Or do we get a cash in? Or do we get a cash in on that Monday? Here we go. Now you, now you want a book. That Monday night show, where's going to be? Ahead. I already got it. Drew and Seth. Right, the first raw of the year that they already hyped up. I think I think they're calling it what day one edition or something like that. Yeah, the day yeah. one edition. What if you have Damian 
try to cash in, fails to cash in. Ooh. And now he's got to tell the story of getting in the Rumble to get his spot. And maybe he failed to cash in because Judgment Day's interference backfires. But I'll be against that, but I'm okay. Keep that away. That keep him in that briefcase Matt, away from CM Punk, Seth Rollins. Matt, let's, let me tell you, like this, this, here's, the, here's the trajectory of Damian Priest right now. His cash in is not going to be successful. We Ooh. talked about the level. I agree. Of no, like I agree. the level, the level of the guys that that are in that title mm-hmm, picture right mm-hmm. now, he's not on that level yet. They haven't mm-hmm, done enough mm-hmm. to put him there, and I don't think they have enough time to get him there. I think y'all just. I, I think that I think it's possible with the friction that because you know he, he's 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 barking now. He's like the mm-hmm. angry dude of the. He's he's the angry dude of the group. He's barking at mommy. Mommy giving him some side eyes. Like right. Did you see him. Break I'm character thinking with our truth huh? last night. You see him break character. <laughs> yeah, everybody break truth with our truth. <laughs> our truth. Um, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking that he goes to cash in and I think the judgment day turns on his ass and costs him his match. I like that though, because that's where the story's at right now. The story right now is with judgment day. The story really isn't making him champ. Yep. It's not. So if, or if if he cashes in and win, or he can can keep it because if they go with the whole one year anniversary, that show was in July. I think July 1st, right? July 1st I thought it was July June. 3rd. Oh, no. Yeah, it was the 4th of July yeah, weekend. Yeah, so right we still got months and months and months to go. But you can just see where that trajectory of that story would go. Right. It'd be They would never do it in WWE. But I, I would pay hey, but real to, quick. See, hey, Matt, did you to see? see Rhea Ripley against Damien Priest. I would hey, did, did, you see, did you see like when Damien Priest was talking to the team and he went to address like uh, Finn? And he like kind of put his hand on, on uh, Finn's chest? Mm-hmm. And then, like Finn looked at his hand, like looked at his hand, like "What you touching me for, man?" Like, "Uh oh, yep, it's friction, like, right?" And that's a perfect segue. I was going to ask y'all a really big question, probably the biggest question of the night: Is it official that our truth is out of the Judgment Day? <laughs> Damn, he I got locked out. Say... He got locked out. Then he got. I'm going to say he is not out of it because the only person that put hands on him was Damian Priest, right? Yes. No, they all. They, no, they, oh no, you right then. He got he got jumped. He got jumped. Yeah, ah, everybody got okay, foot on him. So yeah, everybody got foot on him. Because at first, Finn didn't put a. He had to. He had to. Un, you know, un, put all his belts down, take his jacket off. Then he finally got that one stump in. So all right, it's over then. Yes. Yeah. He's out the judgment. Dang. Dang. He got stumped out. And protect him by all costs. I, give me. Give me. Give me him on a lifetime contract. Have him go out there till he's 70, 75 years right, old. Right, right. Cracking jokes. He's look good. I don't even need to see then. you bump in the ring. Don't even wrestle. <laughs> don't even wrestle. Just give me you and your backstage segments. He's been fantastic. And we talking about passion. When he said that JD needs to be kicked out the judgment day, <laughs> <laughs> I lost everything. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, that is what, good stuff. What else from Raw? I, it was some cool backstage stuff. I love when um, Kofi ran into Punk. And he was like, Jamaican be crazy, crazy, man. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that but you know what's funny, though? Like, think about it. Punk hasn't been in WWE since New Day started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is his gimmick when mm-hmm. Punk left. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, 10 mm-hmm. years is a long time. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, we also have another person telling a story. I I left Raw last night. I was happy. Raw was a great show. Thinking like everybody got a story. Drew talking about he has a story that he has to finish. Um, so where we think is going to happen immediately with Drew. First off, do we even think Drew is going to resign? 
Is he on an open contract right now? I mean, what, no, is, what his, is this? No, his contract's not up until, I think, March or April. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we have some time with time. him. Yeah. Oh, we got time. I'm thinking yeah. that he was due up this fall. Seth's and Becky's contract is also up. In July, up. I think. In 2024. Think yeah. Yeah. There's no way they don't resign. Not a chance. Not a they, chance. They, they both will be back in WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did think that was interesting. I told, I'm, I've been telling you guys, like, there's a ton of contracts coming up in 2024 on both sides. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think um, I, I want Drew in WWE. I do. I don't know what the sticking point is, if it's just strictly money that's holding this out. But um, I, I can't see him really going somewhere else. I wouldn't, I guess, but I wouldn't be shocked either. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I have here besides Rhea breaking Maxine's back spinal. We got mm. finally, we got Shinsuke and Cody. Well, I uh, do real quick. I do want to mention that. Um, not the best spot to put Maxine in because she made a squash match look bad. Mm. And that's really hard to do. Mm. Um, and I mean, she, that's only her second singles match in WWE. So I get that part, but I, I, I felt bad for her because it wasn't good and it didn't look good. And it, but we all know that they can easily just turn around and just say like, she's still in training and kind of do that thing on TV. But it was what it should have been. Of course it should have mm-hmm. been a squash. But like, I was I was excited just to see like okay what does she have and then I looked and I was like ooh that's that wasn't good that wasn't that wasn't the best. So you're saying there's like an art to even being the squasher oh, in the squash match. Absolutely, Willie Mack and uh, Warlow showed that ooh. from Collision. Holy hell! Ooh. I know we'll talk about AW here in a little bit, but he beat the brakes off of Willie Mack. Man. <laughs> That was a good yeah, match, but, but no, what you say? I'm sorry. Oh, you were talking about Cody. And, yeah. And so we got a, a a really awesome video package from Shinsuke before, at the beginning of the show. Thought that was incredible. Just the production behind that. Um, the match itself, I was kind of in and out of it. Um, I don't know if, to be fair, if that's kind of what it lived up to kind of my standards. Is it because I was in and out of it that maybe that's why I feel that way? Or would y'all feel or thought that it was different? It just didn't live up to my expectations. I liked the match. It was fine. That's it? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Insightful. <Wow>. Insightful. <laughs> deep dive there from each side. Uh, well, the reason why you feel like that is, is two reasons. One, I don't need Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura going 25 minutes on a Monday Night Raw. That could have been it. I don't. Uh, especially in hour three after we had Seth and Punk's interaction. Uh, the second part, though, is because the story's not over. Like, we saw with him spitting mm-hmm. the red mist mm-hmm. in his face. They're holding, they're holding something. Now, that's great. next match. Yeah, yeah. I liked how, the, how it ended, but I just thought the match itself. But, again, now that you say that, that does make sense, that there is some more story, some more meat on that bone to tell. But then yeah. I also feel yeah, like, yeah, then yeah. Is that, are they cheating us as a viewer if you're holding back? No, because you got to have something left. Okay. You know what I mean? But it, it's more because it went, like, 25. I gotta tell you, like when I say it's fine, that's a WWE style main event match. You know, like that's that's that style. True, but if you compare Seth to Seth and Jay from last week to that, no, no, like Seth, Seth, Seth don't work. That (laughs) classic WWE style, right? You you go back to his time in NXT. That was like some of the pushback that he had. Like they was trying to slow him down, trying to change the style up. He don't work that style. Cody wrestles that classic WWE style match. 
right? Or he has a bunch of gimmicks and stuff that he does in the match. Shinsuke, obviously, he's he's changed his style since he's been in the company. Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah, yeah big yeah. time! Just, like so, yeah, like they. That's like that. Like I feel like, like Cody was my favorite wrestler, but I feel like he's king of the three star, three and a half star match, and I think that Shinsuke is another three star, three and a half star match guy. I would have, I would have agreed with you with, with Cody's star kind of where he usually lands before this year. I think any big match he's been in has has well exceeded three stars. His matches with Brock, I thought was bigger than three stars. Of course, Roman at Mania was. I, I think that's what he used to be, but it's also going to be interesting to see what that looks like when he's champion too. Because mm-hmm. it just looks completely different. Like unlike any other challenger that we've seen right maybe besides austin austin felt completely different because he had to fight so much to to get to that spot but cody is like he's legit going to be a completely different person when he gets that title because it's no longer now about finishing the story now it's just about hanging on to the title so i just hope they have some like really good stories to to keep up with Mm -hmm. with that um y'all got anything else on raw before I bring up a couple of things that I have. I'm good. What you got? Okay, so I'm sure y'all didn't see it. Uh, did you see Booker T's comments about CM Punk being back? <laughs> no. No, I didn't get a chance to read, read the article, though. What did you say? Okay, so E, you are our resident Booker T voice guy. Do you want me to send this to you and you can hit us with a Booker T? <laughs> I'm going to send this to you, <laughs> and then I'll give you guys the other question I have before I send this. So I'm sending it to you now. Uh-oh. But uh, if you guys don't know, Booker T was a hater of Punk. Up until like uh, a week, two weeks before uh, Survivor Series, he was talking about how uh, WWE don't need uh, Punk because, you know, Punk didn't leave. Punk got fired. And like all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's funny to see what he said, but E, I'll let you look, look at that real quick. I got a question for you. Friend of the show, Yusuf, sent it to me uh, on X yesterday or a couple of days ago. And I was like, this is a good question to, to share with you guys. Uh, if Kurt Angle was still in his prime in wrestling, who is just one person you'd like to see him wrestle? So you only got one person. And, and uh, all Yusuf of wrestling? Actually said, yeah, you, Yusuf okay. actually said Gunther, which I thought that was a good one. That's not mine's. But uh, anybody against Guther is great. So if Punk is in it, I mean, Punk, if Angle is in his prime and he got one match, one opponent, who are you picking? This is cheating. This ain't even fair. This is cheating. It got to be Gable. They're the same person. They're the same person. One. Didn't even think about him. That's a great one. Wait a minute. Give, me, give it to me again. I was reading uh, Booker T. If Kurt Angle was still wrestling and in his prime, who is who is the one dream opponent you would have him wrestle? Reigns. That's a good one too. Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. I said, um, I said um, Kenny Omega. I, I I can see Kenny. I was gonna go Absolutely. Kenny too. Absolutely. Give them thirty minutes, thirty five minutes. Oh my god. I think if this was like TNA, absolutely. But I'm thinking about like the WWE, like like. I think Roman Reigns would be a bigger match. Uh, that would be a huge match. I think, like, from a hardcore fan perspective, like, from the work rate 
just mm-hmm. have a match that they can work. Yeah, that would be, you know, but I feel like for, as far as like big time, like I think, and, and I think that, you know, Roman Reigns, he steps up in those moments a lot more than we, I think fans give him credit for it. He can really go. He has his own style, but he can work. He's a really good, he's almost like kind of like John Cena, like but John Cena, I don't think he gets enough props for how well he can go in the ring, but what well, and is their gears too, right? They have yeah. gears, and that was my critique on the the SummerSlam match was it never got out of third gear. And Roman, anybody at a high level has that fourth and fifth gear they can get to, and they know when to get to it. And during SummerSlam, and we know he was hurt, and that's why I think it didn't get to that next gear. You know, in that spot where it's supposed to go up, and it just didn't yeah. go up. Didn't um, go. all right. So Booker T on CM Punk. E. Hey, this is actually kind of funny. Mm-mm-mm. I shouldn't have read it. Yeah, man. CM Punk wasn't hiding. He wasn't hiding away in some room making a surprise appearance. He was running around and mingling. I ran into CM Punk and Cater. I was sitting right there talking to Jimmy Porash. I walked up to CM Punk and I said, CM Punk, what up, man? He stands up and goes, what's up, my man? You flip-flopper. You know how the business is. Sometimes you're a heel. Sometimes you a baby face. <laughs> and it was very cool. We talked small talk. He seemed to be at peace and ready to rewrite the legacy of CM Punk and finish it off properly. Oh, yeah. Let's look at like Shout out to yeah. Sean and shout out to Booker T for doing the best moonwalk impersonation since Michael Jackson at the concert that he had a long, long, long time ago. That boy flip-flopped backtracked moonwalk but that's what you're supposed to do that's what wrestling's about that's is it about. is that what wrestling's about backtracking yeah, because you know if you don't get that you get chokeholds and punches and fights in locker rooms that's why but you you know what you you know what that piece in poker t causes out and see a punk's personality right mm-hmm. a lot of people may or may not they say hello to punk me booker t you know they'll make some small talk but he doesn't call out but he called him out like, yo, flip flopper. Yep. Like, right. He, he, like, if he has something to say, he going to say what he got to say. And I think that's one of the things that probably rub them young boys in AEW the wrong way. You know, where everybody, you know, they don't come at you real. They don't come at, they don't give it to you raw. Like, right. CM Punk, I got something to say. I'm going to say it. We're going to talk about it, laugh it off or whatever. But, I'm gonna get it off my chest, and you got. I think you gotta respect that. Of course you do, because it, it's from what we have seen and heard from a ton of veterans, and I listen to them. Of course, is it's always for the best. Yeah. I, and that uh, quote was talking about Punk being backstage at NXT Deadline, and Punk is backstage at NXT this week. Of course, we haven't watched, seen the show yet, but uh, I don't think that he has an on-screen role. And they said that he's been back there, of course, talking to the talent about their matches, watching. Stuff with them. And I knew that was going to happen. I don't think I said it on the show, but I told Rhodesia. I said, when he's at, actually, I may have said it while we were watching Deadline. I said, he's going to get the itch. He's going to get that bug being with the NXT talent. And now him going to the PC and seeing just how, you know, they groom the next crop of superstars. If this, if this run goes the way I think it's going to, and he is going to be professional and everybody's making money and numbers are through the roof. I can easily see him. I don't think he'll want to move, but I can easily see him being a regular 
at the PC, at the PC? To, to help yeah. the next generation. You know, to, to add to that too, I think that um, I think that the guys, the guys and gals, it's funny how like I, feel, I always kind of feel like NXT has one of the better women divisions in the entire world. It's like, booking. I, I, yeah, Sean told just, you. Really Everybody's got to have something. Yep. But uh, they, uh, I, I feel like the guys and gals will be more receptive to CM Punk's feedback. Because I think in that, and I think like, I think that it's the community there, right? I think it's, it's, it's how they bring them in and try to understand, hey, I'm bringing these veterans in to make you better, right? And I think a lot of the guys and gals down there are like programmed to like, hey, let me take this feedback. And let me get, take the positive out of it and let me build myself up. A couple months ago, and he was talking to Mark Henry, and he seemed very humble. He seemed like he was very like, acceptable to like Mark Henry. He's like, hey, no, please, OG, no, put me on game. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, hey, you know, you know, he, like, hey, take my number. Like, you know, give me the feedback, give me the coaching. Whereas you hear a lot of guys at AEW, like, no, nah, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need the feedback. I'm, let me do me. I figured it out on my own. Well, who was that? Was that uh, Tully? I think Tully Blanchard allegedly said, and he, of course, you can only take him for the word, too, because, like, wrestlers aren't the most uh, honest folks in the world. He mm. said that not once did a talent come up to him and pick his brain or ask for advice. Mm. Maybe they don't. Once again, hey, maybe they don't want it. But to have somebody like that back there, it's you, like, you, you're man. You're not asking them? Or, so- or, they, or they probably know what's going to be told to them. That could be the other thing, too, and I don't want to hear that. There, there's a big difference between when I think about, like, let's just use NXT in this example, and let's use, like, the development tool of AEW, which they don't have one. But you look at today's NXT, a lot of those people are just, like, college athletes and just athletes and, and supermodels, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. Whereas when NXT first started, it was a more a lot like AEW where you had a lot of indie wrestlers who have been doing this for 10 years already and they're, they're finally got signed to WWE. So you look at the backstage or the locker room for AEW, the veterans that's there were indie, indies, independent wrestlers, veterans, except for like the people who just came over from WWE. But it was like on the foundation of indie wrestlers. And then the new school of people that they just never was taught that etiquette. The whole thing of the Booker T and the punk thing, which I'm, I do feel like Booker T completely moonwalked that whole thing back. But punk stood up and shook his hand or he got up and respected him. And that's just something that you do. And I don't know if that's the same etiquette or standard in AEW. Oh, it absolutely. No, it is. Don't, don't confuse etiquette with not wanting somebody's advice. Okay. But so yeah, let's, so let's, let's put all this it's together. Not, it's not a disrespectful let's, locker room for sure. No, no. But I think that they know if they didn't ask Tully Blanchard, who at but, one point was part of the hottest group in the history of wrestling, any type of advice is because I know what they're going to tell me to do. So tell me that. to slow down. They're mm-hmm. going to tell me to not go 100 miles an hour because I got to protect my body. Like, and no, I'm not trying to hear that. Like, this, this is new. This is the way we want to do it here. You can take that old school mentality somewhere else. I'm not trying to hear that. That to me could be the only feasible answer to why somebody would not. And I, I use Tully because he just had that, that interview. There's been other legends and old timers that said the same thing when they have been backstage at mm-hmm. AEW. So I, that's what I think it is. But I think some people also don't 
understand that meaning those young wrestlers they don't understand yet you can go up there and pick their brain yeah you may hear it do they feel welcome to who knows but they weren't the culture of the locker room of aw is 40 years later than what wwe locker room is the culture itself again i don't really see a problem with having faster matches to try to innovate that's what happened with wwe and how they skyrocketed to the next level they made wrestling entertainment so it's just another evolution of wrestling itself again i do think that you need to have veterans in there that could say you need to slow down before you hurt yourself and you take your possible 20-year career down to just seven years for sure but there is a place where you can innovate and i don't think there's anything wrong with with not wanting to hear an old-timer opinion because i know what i want to do the, the part of that is 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 that the millennials moving into what they want to see their reality to look like mm -hmm. so I, again i'm not i'm not going to knock either one of them i just think that maybe if there were some other veteran leadership to say hey there's a world to aw locker room there's a world where you could do both where you can absolutely be innovative and try new things but also these veterans are here not for show they are here because they have 30 40 50 years of wrestling experience before and, we get to uh, I'm sorry, real quick man i was gonna say and, and you think about it though and that's why a lot of these dumb dudes ain't over the way they're supposed to be over in that company all right they're trying to do it their way and they're doing it their way and they're getting injured left and right right no one pops for them they're just popping for the next move or the next spot i mean it's a shame so you would think that at some point you will wake up and be like, hey, maybe I need to learn a new hold, as Jim Ross would say. Maybe I need to do, learn something from some history. Like, I bet maybe a lot of them guys, guys don't even know who to who, tell you much in his history or his story. Like, right, you, you go to NXT, uh, Keani, is it Keani? That's it? Keanu. Keilani? Right. Well, yeah, which Keilani. one? Which one? Yeah, uh, Jordan. K-Jordan. Keilani. She said they, had, they said they have a history class mm -hmm. that they take. And they study wrestling, like right. I wonder how many of them cats in AW st study history. Probably, probably not. Probably none of them, right? Because if they were, they will be trying to pick some of these guys' brains. And here's well, the thing: MJF, Adam Cole, <laughs> Adam Cole is uh, the WWE guy and the indie guy. They, no, he is yep. an AEW guy right now. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't but I'm talking coming, a, coming to. He already got part of the machine training in NXT with Undisputed Era, so he did get some of that already. We can't deny that. FTR. FTR watching tape. Yep. Yep. But the rest of these cats, we'll see what the future holds. Before we get into our AEW talk, um, shout out to Wole, another friend of the show. He sent me a, a message a couple of days ago, and I forgot to even talk about this on Sunday. TNA Wrestling partnering with Endeavor, streaming to distribute its on-demand subscription service, TNA Plus, starting on January 5th. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it basically just talks about... Um, their streaming service is being powered by Endeavor. It says the partnership combines TNA expertise as a top professional wrestling promoter with Endeavor Streaming's unparalleled knowledge in delivering innovative direct-to-consumer offerings, marketing tools, analytics, and predictive modeling. Um, it'll be available, whatever, whatever, whatever. Now it looks like $9.99 a month or $95.99 per year. And that starts January 5th. Well, Ace's question was, uh, what's the possible impl implications of this? And could we see TNA working with WWE? What's your guys' thoughts? 
E. Okay. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I'm thinking of some things here in my head. You know, I didn't really think much of it when I read it. Um, but I will hope. We talked about it just, you know, as friends about the TNA. I hope this kind of propels them to kind of step up their production and and just the promotion. Um, because I would really love a solid third brand. So Endeavor can help them. That'd be awesome. Because this this is one thing I do know that WWE doesn't need TNA in any kind of way. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. they don't have any specific talent on their roster that you can say, oh, the we have some some dream matches that we can we would love to have. I don't think a, a partnership between the two companies makes any sense for WWE. Um, but however, I think it makes all the sense in the world for TNA if they can get, you know, a little bit of the infrastructure, get a little bit of the technology. I don't know if this is going to, if this is going to hopefully increase their their production uh, to make it look more like a you know a twenty twenty four television show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm all for it if this is going to continue to help bring another promotion up. The actual yeah, question is it's really just talking about app on here. In addition to reclaiming the iconic TNA moniker, the TNA plus app is relaunching with an all new dynamic look as well as expanded options and increased functionality. It talks more about the app and flagship pay-per-views or how, you know, where you can get the apps from Android TV, fire TV, iOS. So it's only app talk mm-hmm. in here. So as much as your hope is they have a product that looks better, I think that has nothing to do with this actual deal right here. To be clear, then, will their weekly episodic shows be on this app? Mm-hmm. No. no, I don't think are, so. Is it right? It's the, but they'll, it's still, the, have, it's they'll the still have their TV, right? Oh yeah, yeah the library. Gonna, yeah, yeah. The but library. this is not. This is not the. WWE Network. If Raw and SmackDown was also on the network, this because is because the the last the the old. So this is an upgrade from their other platform, right? Impact Plus. Impact yep. Plus had um, the shows on there, the 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 weekly shows, like real time. I don't think it was real time, but I no. think it was a delay. Okay. It was delayed. I think it might have been like a, a couple hours later or something like that. I will share this. I will say that. They, there will absolutely be some bleed over into this. If Endeavor is looking to purchase, well, they purchased this pro wrestling IP. There's no way that if you have the machine who has done this for 40 years very well, not bleed over into that. Not where maybe we will see as fans, but maybe just down to corporate people. Might have been some people who've lost their job. I know about half people in corporate lost their jobs earlier this year. Maybe not that many, but people lost their jobs in corporate. There absolutely is, I feel, will be some bleeding over into TNA impact. I do believe. Because, again, you have this one parent company and you have resources and assets in the same category of pro wrestling. Why would you not? pull and, and, and give and give and take from from that to build up both of them i just don't think maybe we will see it because when we have a development we wwe has a developmental they have nxt uh, but i i do think that there will be some kind of bleeding in between the two we just probably won't see it i think i think the most we'll see is maybe um like commercials or promo spots on us you know ufc tv or wwe tv with it i think that's the extent of it right now of course Anything is possible. We know that. We absolutely could see a couple of 
TNA stars at the Rumble, you know, and then never see him again. So, yes, all that kind of stuff is possible at the end of the day. I, I just don't think we see any of that anytime soon. I think this is more just kind of hater powering the app. And if mm. Endeavor says, hey, let's throw a 30 second spot on, you know, Raw or on a UFC show along with a WWE spot or something like that. Okay, cool. I think that's kind of about the, the end of that, though. But anything that can help, that's what this is about. And we, yes, we want the wrestling world to thrive. Um, e, I know you got some AEW things you want to bring up, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, so uh, kind of a couple of things with AEW. Uh, I know last time we spoke about AEW, I had a couple of concerns about the direction of the company, you know, following the exit of QT, the production guy, um, Kevin Sullivan, um, not the wrestler, um, was fired. Um, but I will say this, though, um, with about QT, um, I didn't mention last time we spoke about it, but if QT's contribution to the creative was QT TV, then <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay good with, with <laughs> I'm, I'm good with him not being part of the, the creation. I'm nice. good with uh, that direction not, not being there. Um. Oh, and it, real quick, I'm actually segueing my own topic here with Kevin Sullivan. Matt, did you hear that they didn't hold production meetings? No. I what did do not you mean by that? that? <laughs> it can't be. They didn't, what I, what they didn't have. Hearing. This is what I heard. Like this is this might be scuttlebutty, but I was listening to Conan and Disco talk about Kevin Sullivan on the production team. They didn't hold production meetings. I can't believe show. that. I, I I don't believe. I'm not gonna believe that. I can't believe that. I couldn't believe that either. But that's how I think about it, right? Because no, would Matt, make all you, the sense in the world, right? That like especially a lot of things you talk about. World. Yes. Like I don't. That would, I don't know how to shoot this because I don't know what's coming. That would be. You just could as, take. You could take Tony Storm from Last Dynamite. Yeah. I love how they switched from black to white in her matches. I I think that's incredible. Mm -hmm. But they were late on a couple of her spots. Yep. And I'm just like, how are you late on that when this is her thing? Like, that is blatant. I can see that she's about to do something that needs to be shot a certain type of way. I hope that's not the truth, E. But if hey, it is, man, that truth. answers every single <laughs> question and gripe I've had about their production. Was, was some of the camera angles? Yes. Was, like, the missed spots? Um, a lot of the technology snafus? Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's why I do. That's why that maybe that's why fan was fired. Man, that, like right. Like I, I was trying to look it up, um, but I, I didn't see anything concrete. But you know, those guys know people. Um, and I do know there, I I thought that was there was allegedly a lot of talent that was upset that Sullivan got let go, and they they were upset mm -hmm. because they said that he knew what the original vision of AEW was mm -hmm. and could portray it. Got it. I have a, I have some issues with that statement, but they're there in the building, so maybe I should not have an issue with it. But if he lost his job because he wasn't doing something correct, how can you be upset? Now, if he's doing everything perfectly, which maybe he was, remember he was the post-producer VP, and somebody made that decision who came from the outside and there's some other issues. Okay. I could see that, but that really threw me off when I heard say Talon was upset because he knew the original vision of the company. It's like, Hmm. Okay. Th this is when it'd be perfect. If we had them on streaming 
devices so we could easily just pull up a random episode from like year one yeah. of Dynamite just to kind of see like, all right, well, let me see if I can tell the difference. But we're not there yet. Tony Khan did say, though, today that uh, he had a um, meeting with WB today and it went really good. It was an in-person meeting. So hopefully we hear something soon about streaming or hopefully for them also their their deal because Dave Meltzer came out. You know, some of the things I don't trust Meltzer. You already know how I feel about Meltzer. Uh, but he day. came out and said that things have drastically changed with WWE's um, next TV deal that they hadn't signed mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. And they're saying it is almost majorly due to CM Punk and the numbers that he's bringing in already. Oh, so just oh, in a good way. So just yeah, in a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. So you know that you know there was talk about uh, Warner Bros. Discovery being interested in WWE, mm-hmm. and I still don't think that's the case. I think Tony is like way too two feet. I'm not talking to anybody else. This is my home for them to sign WWE. But could you imagine if like WB had a monopoly like that and had WWE and AEW under the umbrella? That would be crazy. Ridiculous. That would be crazy. But no, I didn't. I didn't think about that uh, punk fight piece, though. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I, I just gotta say this: not having production meetings is just as dumb as the NFL not paying these refs a full time salary. This is (laughs) these games are out of control. It's not. It's not a football podcast. But are you kidding me, man? Y'all make a billion dollars a week. (laughs) Y'all can't say, "Hey, look, refs." Leave your other jobs. You come in and you referee. And on Monday and Tuesday, we're watching game film on what you missed and what you did well. We're going to put you through classes so you are ready to go every Saturday and Sunday. I digress. You got me passionate things, about that. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah, but I wanted to talk to you guys about that, uh, that production piece. I actually didn't write it down here in my notes, but it popped in my mind as I started going through this with you guys. Um, but with that being said, um, I gotta be honest with you guys. I've actually enjoyed AEW TV. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, I put my headphones a little bit tighter just so I can hear that again. You know, I've actually enjoyed the the, the, the shows. You know, because we talk about AEW, you know, find that uh, identity, mm-hmm. right? Like they can't compete with with the with the WWE. They need to find their lane. And with that being said, you know, there was a lot of talk about this Continental Tournament. And it's not that bad. We are getting some, some great matches. Um, we got some interesting stories. Now, I want to dig in deep with you guys about some of these stories really quick here. But uh, give me your thoughts just really quickly. Um, give me your overall thoughts on, on the show since this Continental Tournament has started. Overall, I'm loving the placement of who has the most points on the blue and gold team. The main event with Andrade El Lidolo and Brian Danielson, that was fire to me. Fire, fire, fire. Do we know if um, Danielson's really hurt, like, going to be out? Do we know? Oh, he's not going to be out. No. Okay. Um, got a little, that match itself on collision got a little sick to me at the end with El Idolo. And one thing about Brian, Brian will... Ryan won't, you know, pull a punch. He's going to be stiff and work hard with you, but he'll take it too. Just like Moxley. I guess, I guess that's the BBC. That's what they all about, right? Isn't that what they call it, BBC? Big Excuse life. me? What do they call? Whoa, big time. <laughs> Whoa, big time. 
it took an hour and eight minutes for you to have some type of pornography oh my god on <laughs> comment. Black com- Blackpool Comic Club. Okay. BCC. <laughs> oh god. Man, no wonder why you want to hurry off the spot. She definitely wants to stay. Oh, God. Jeez, she can't take you nowhere out here. BBC, BCC. Jeez. Boy, okay. Hey, I'm, hey I'm wait a minute now. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm about to pull the curtain back. Matt, don't you got a tat? What's your tat say again? <laughs> Look at this guy. Don't worry don't about know. that, pal. <laughs> that is hilarious. Can't take y'all nowhere, man. Are we supposed to be talking about AEW right yeah. now? Lock back in. Hey, okay, we, okay, hey, okay. we got some initials we're trying to focus on right now, man. <laughs> Radisha more so than me, but <laughs> BCC. <laughs> oh man. I'm I'm actually I'm loving the tournament. Uh I knew Tony's vision of this tournament when he first announced it. I think maybe it could have fell a little bit short in the very beginning, like outside of the first match. Um, but I think it's starting to to show what it's supposed to be or what it's growing to be. Um, I'm I'm really liking it. I feel really it was a G1 classic type vibes from it. Um, I, I'm liking it. But I never really had a problem with, with AEW TV. <laughs> I have not been as high as E on AEW TV to the point where I have not been high on AWTV at all before probably this week over the last few weeks. Um, so the tournament, the tournament is absolutely getting to where it needs to get to. This feels like now that we've gotten, who's been three or four weeks so, so far, I think it started, we started the week of Thanksgiving. So three weeks in four weeks mm-hmm. in, this is kind of one of those um, mini series back in the day. This is old school, right? Let's see, I'm keeping with the four. Y'all remember the four-night miniseries to come on, network Mm -hmm. TV, CBS, ABC, ABC, where you have to watch three days in a row? Yep. This feels like the first few weeks was night one, where you could miss night one because they're going to show you the recap before night two starts, and then night Mm -hmm. two is where it really gets going, and then night three was the climax. And that's how I feel about this tournament. Now that Swerve is undefeated, now that Mox is undefeated, and they're fighting on Dynamite this week, and Mox cut a hell of a promo on Collision. He is masterful when it comes to them real type promo settings. Um, they had that guy in WWE like with gas masks, and that was man, that was rough. Dean wasn't bad. Don't do that. He toward the end he was horrific. Well, not, not toward the end end toward yeah, the end end because he was leaving. It was horrible. But before yep. that part happened, I don't think it was that bad. But I have not been high on AEW. Um, I've actually really not have enjoyed it much. Mm. Mm. I, yeah, because I'm getting my feel completely from NXT and both shows on WWE. So it's like, all right, you really need to wow me. And when I see things that bother me as the, as the way I like to consume my wrestling, consume my content, it irritates me and it irritates me and it irritates me. Um, and I didn't get any of that watching collision. I thought collision was great dynamite, which we never even had a chance to talk about Adam against Christian. And that match, which I thought was really, really good. And then I, I get on X, uh, that night and there is a ton of messages and tweets about how horrible the finish was. Between Ed should have won clean. Make that make sense. He's he's gonna win clean their first interaction, their first match. Like, where does the story go if he wins clean? The other one was Nick Wayne's wife. Oh my god. Mama. Um 
Oh, my, whoa, mama. Yes. <laughs> mama. Um, and yeah, yeah, she, she's not a wrestler. Like, you, yes, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. But was it enough to where we should be up in arms about it? No, it wasn't. So I thought that was interesting because I thought that match was, like, really good. Do y'all remember that match? Oh, yeah. I actually had it on, on the docket here. I want to talk about the Edge and Christian match. I actually really enjoyed the match. Really good. Um, so, yeah. Wayne's mom. Damn, I'm not going to say that. I, like, I started to say something, but I'm not going to say it because I'm sure she's a nice woman. Um, she says he, yeah, she she's says a nice looking attractive. woman, too. Yeah, she's a nice attractive. You know, she's a, yes. you know, I like him tall and thick. She's, she's a bad actor. And you a hater. She's a bad actress. Like, as soon as she came in that ring, I knew that she's going to hit Edge. But you knew it right? because you knew that's where the story should No, be. no, no, no. Let me tell you why I knew. Because when she came in there, it seemed like she was focusing mainly on Edge for, like, the majority of, like, her stare down. So it, but then Christian would get up, like, like he started begging her off. I'm like, bro, he ain't, she ain't even looking at you. <laughs> so she'll, she'll go glance at, like, Christian, go look at, look, look back at it. She'll glance at Christian a little bit, then look back at Edge. And then Edge started, like, I mean, the, Christian get up, like, start begging her off again, like, yeah, no, 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 give me some too. Like, right, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be looking at both of us, right? You're supposed to be like, you're like, you're conflicted. But she didn't seem like she was conflicted for like the half the time when she's making her decision. It seemed like she was, she was keyed in on knocking the edge out and christian kind of had to get up to kind of redirect her to like yo all right you supposed to be going back and forth and then towards the end before she actually made a decision it seemed like she started going back and forth but in the in the when she first got in there she was keyed right in on edge look look at the first like five to ten seconds like she was keyed totally to edge. so that's just somebody who's not used to being in that position like right they know what they're supposed to be doing oh i forgot i'm supposed to look into christian too like, right. So that's that's what I'm talking about. And then what I've seen from her from a character standpoint and that horrible acting thing she did with when they were backstage with her with her son and Christian. I'm that like, was, oh, that was that, a bad segment. That wasn't good. That, the whole segment was bad. Yeah. From what from what I've seen in this moment from her from a character standpoint, it hasn't been that great. Unless she's going to be knocking my socks off as a as a as a nasty heel mom, which she very well could. I just could have, I, I would have rather them introduce, like, Nick's sister. <laughs> like, right? Like, they, they, like, they could have took one of the girls, and they, like, they, Nick's sister or cousin, she something like self. that. She herself. Yeah, and they, they, they could have put her, plug her in this spot or something. Like, no, I, because. I, I'm need, not sure the mom's going to add to it. That's all I'm saying. You need Christian to be Nick's daddy so we can get that over-the-top tongue kiss. With him and his mom, and you know what I'm saying, like that. That's that's what we need. We need that shot of Christian and Nick Wayne's mom going crazy, like it was Christian and Trish Stratus years ago when she turned on on Jericho. Um, but that was that was that was that was Trish Stratus though too. So I mean, and this is Nick know. Wayne's mom. And yeah. Nick Wayne, don't listen to E. Tony Khan, put more Nick Wayne's mom on my TV, please. There, well, I, I, I yes. Y'all didn't ask me, but I didn't see the match. All I saw was the end result. And at the end of the day, she sold whatever move she took perfectly fine. I don't even know what happened to her. I just looked up at the TV and saw that she was laying face She's, down on the ground. And I'm like, she's selling that really good. I actually gave her props for doing it. What match are you talking about? <laughs> Maybe that, that I was watching Wednesday. something else. Maybe and then that's, that's, why, that's when you lay out. See, look, when, when you do a <laughs> podcast and there's three folks, right, it is perfectly okay <laughs> to be like, either I didn't see it and I'm going to keep it moving or even better, you just lay out. But I just said it. I said I didn't see the match. I looked up. I thought she was on the ground. Was she not Is on she, the ground? 
if she was, she wouldn't face down. Hey, she so wouldn't hey, face down to me. Our podcast exclusive listeners, I want you to, I want you to, this is a story throughout this podcast. Bro, he's just drinking. Oh okay. my God. She's, she's drinking. So I don't know if she's remembering what she's supposed to be remembering correctly. I don't know what she's talking about right I'm gonna now. I'm going to give y'all the timestamp. I'm going to give y'all the timestamp. And then both of y'all going to apologize to me. Time stamp of her being of what? A, of her being on the ground face down. Okay. W- when? when? Evidently, okay. I don't know. I told you I didn't watch the match. I just looked up and I saw her face yeah, down. She was yeah, never late. Yeah, this future reference. Never, if you didn't see it, yeah. that's when you just don't she say it. never late. Yeah. You, you could get up and like she just leave never, when you, and then just come back. She was and we just, we just keep it going. We will keep yeah. it going. Oh I, my! I'll, sh- I'll show y'all. I'll show y'all. Uh, unless, unless keep Edge looks like moving. a woman. Keep, keep know, moving. Right. Unless right. Edge like a woman. And he's not Edge. It's Adam. Y'all been calling this man no, Edge no. all the time. Like, you know what? This, <laughs> yeah, like we need to we need to come up with a nickname. We'll just do for him going forward. Mm. I'm not he's calling edge. him Adam Copeland. That's not enough. I mean, that's too much. Too much. Too that's much. too much. That, that's just my, like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I'm not calling the Cope either. Now, see the the thing. The reason why it was easier for me to switch over to Sharia. Versus Paige, actually, I think that's a really pretty name that she has. So I, I'll give her that. It's well, that pretty is unique. Paige has only been around for a cup of coffee compared to how long we've been calling Adam sure. Copeland Edge. Yeah, sure. You know absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I wish Dolph Ziggler. He's Dolph Ziggler. I'm not calling him yeah. Nick Nimeth. Nick Nimeth. That's gonna. If, be if I like Seth, Nick. If if Seth was that's to leave be. and go to AEW, I'm not calling him Kobe. That man is no, Seth Rollins. No, you know he'll go back to Tyler Black, and I, I can do that. I, I, I knew him as Tyler, Tyler Black. Black. I call him Tyler Black. Yeah, yeah, I knew him. I knew him as Tyler Black too. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about the the Devil storyline. Um, because I, I I'm still intrigued with Tony Storm, but I'm it's it's Tony Storm. I don't know what story we're telling with her just yet, but I, I like what she's doing. I like her thing. But this this Devil storyline. So when. When Hangman was doing his interview, and then all of a sudden MJF runs up on him and starts running his mouth. And he's just healing on this man. Healing on him. And I'm like, damn, ain't you supposed to be a babyface now? Like, where are you coming at this dude? Hmm. Then I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, you trying to accuse him of being the devil. Okay. So we got another guy being sucked into the MJF universe right i know you love it it wasn't enough mjf is like the multiverse where all things tie into him like right and i told you guys for a long time like all these story threads that he's multiple story threads he had like i felt like it diluted the major story that was trying to be told around him because i didn't know specifically what to focus on like right and then in my mind, I'm like, oh, now he's, he's creating this feud now with, hey, man, bro, don't you got enough drama? You got enough beef? Like, oh, they're tying this into the devil storyline. So I started thinking further about this, the devil storyline itself. And I feel like this angle, this story, this potential character should be much bigger than it is right now. I think about, like, the, the, the course of history. Like, these, who done it? This, who, who's this masked man? Who's this new uh, this new mysterious clique has always been huge for wrestling. Like, right? A mysterious mm-hmm. new group, mysterious new bad guy. Who is it? What's going on? Usually that's like a hot angle. It's a potential hot new bad guy and clique. And I don't feel like this devil character or the Stooges 
are going to be hot at all. I feel like right now, I feel like this is a very lukewarm like situation. And that's saying something because I think that MJF is a very compelling, interesting character. I just kind of feel like the story that's being written and being told involving MJF in this entire situation is, has been off. But I think if it's somebody lesser than MJF was in the same situation, they'd be doing much worse. So my question to you guys is, do you think that this whole storyline is weaker than it should be? Weaker than it should be? Not necessarily. Right now with AEW, I'm trying to find out what am I most drawn to in storyline. Is it Christian and Adam? Is it the devil storyline? Is it the tournament, the continental tournament? Is it Swerve in that? And I think he's going to win the whole thing. But to me, I don't think that it's lesser than what it could be. I just know that we have to have a really, really good payoff because it's trending that it won't be a great payoff. But I don't have a problem with all these people possibly being the devil. I think for me, that brings excitement to it. So it takes you off the scent of who really is the devil, which in the end, I think I think it's Tony Khan, but I still think it's MJF as well. Um, but I think that all these different people being the devil, completely 100% fine with it. I think this is just kind of just a middle of we're trying to get to the end of December to find out who the devil is. And I'm hoping we find out at the end of December who the devil is. Par for the course. Oh, that's a good question. Um, no, I don't think it's less than what it should be. What's happening is they're taking us on different paths, different roads, right? We just talked two episodes ago about who's the devil. And now I'm changing my answer after Dynamite last week. Hell, I may change it after Dynamite this week. But now I'm going with MJF as the devil. It was, we know Hangman didn't hit him with a broken beer bottle. Right? Like, that just didn't happen. So. Now is at a point of, okay, are you doing this on purpose? Are you, are you intentionally setting up to make it look like it's these folks that it's not? Even when it was Warlow, that was, which also wouldn't make sense, but maybe he's down with Warlow, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, maybe this whole thing is there in cahoots. When Warlow was in there and he came back out and his hair was all messed up and they had MJF being held down, the look on MJF's face was like overly acting. Mm. I think now, if we look at it the way it's being done, is I think MJF is the devil. And I think this leads into him turning back heel, which is great. I've gotten my face, MJF. Um, I think it fell a little bit flatter than what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And it could have been because of where we are with Adam Cole's injury. But remember, I was harping on them turn MJF face. And I think I've gotten my fill of MJF as a face now. I've gotten it for half a year. And now I'm kind of ready for them to move on. And I think this could work perfectly into the timing of the 2024 contract piece and all that. If he becomes the devil, he's got to have a hell of an explanation of why he did what he did. Why am I making this like the devil? And of course, we know the whole saying of devil's greatest, you know, greatest trick is to pull off like he wasn't here or whatever that is. Um, So that's what I think it is, because it went from, oh, Adam Cole's the devil. To, oh, now Warlow's involved to oh it's Roddy and whoever an undisputed error to oh now there's more than one devil like they're mass people to oh hangman's now the devil that's just a little too convenient 
it's too convenient. So but I, I feel like as you said, I feel like it's I think part of it because you think about like it's like I don't feel like this is a hot angle. But I don't think there's a lot of buzz around this. There's questions, but I don't think there's a lot of buzz that you normally would have with this type of situation. And the WWE, for instance, if they were doing something similar, like right, that would be a big part of the show and a story thread itself on this group and this dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, as you mentioned, like, so okay, it's MJF the whole time, but why? You are the top guy, you're the champion. Why are you going through this extreme to frame yourself and to what ends and for why? To keep the like, championship, right? it, but to keep the championship. Th- that's all it as, is. Well, as, as of this moment, he hasn't needed any right. of those people or anyone to keep the championship. He yep. he beat yep. and ruined two men's career. Righteous, man. We ain't seen him. Uh, we've seen him. But they ain't been the same since. <laughs> like, right, he's beating two dudes at the time. So you mean tell me you got to wear a mask and fake your own beat-ups and get a whole yes. crew to do what exactly to I, – I don't, I don't get why – and the same thing with Wardlow, right? Wardlow, if he's potentially part of it – and this is what I'm talking about, like, like stories, right? Wardlow comes back out of nowhere, and he said, I'm gunning for, for MJF to potentially be under the mask and gunning for MJF. Like, why – like, why are you masking yourself? You've already made your attentions clear. Like, why? What's in it for? What are you doing? It's not because it's, just... it's not him. It's, it's MJF. And to answer your question, he's doing all this to throw the sin off so he doesn't have to defend his title. So he can stay as a champion. He's not down with any crew. He's been down with crews. He's been down with Jericho. He's, 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 he's been, been defending his title. title. But what I'm been... talking, no, no, no. What I'm talking about as far as he doesn't have a group of people like how he had before, whether GAS, whether it was Adam. Um, not Copeland, the other Adam. Um, the Pinnacle he, he, you're talking about? Yeah, all that means all of that. He's always had a crew. He's always had a crew. Always. He had Warlow as his man. Now that he's solo by himself, he has to make this whole different type of reality. And now I'm going to bring in and make everything so convoluted. And who's really the devil? Well, we're going to do things here to make this person like the devil, that person like the devil. I'm going to pre-record something. Then I'm going to get be laid out with a, with a beer um, bottle of crack inside my head. I mean, this, this is his work. At the end of the but day, the he still ha- he still has the championship. The only reason that doesn't make sense, though, is because the Devils have been working against him. So, like the the way this would make sense if we wanted to go with this is the Devils laid him out before a championship match, and that championship match and was there. Off. We go, but that's what off. I'm getting. But it hasn't happened. That but hasn't but he happened. still hasn't had. He didn't lose his championship from them and beating him up. That's what but I'm they getting helped at. Him. But they haven't but, helped him. But that's but, the point of the devil. The devil is to make me, you me, act like he's not the devil. It's, here's, he's here's meant the one, to do, it's meant to do that to you. Here's the one problem with AEW booking and then this storyline. It sounds like a lot of fan book shit. With a lot of convoluted, unnecessary things that just awesomely doesn't really tie in to make sense. Like, all of that. None of you. I mean, like, look, I'm not saying that maybe that's what they're not going to be do. But at the end, you got... One guy who's been winning matches pretty strongly on his own all this time to convolutely create a, a group to keep a title. Like, it just doesn't, it, none of it really awesome would make sense and give you a payoff that's going to be satisfying in the end. And I think that's part of the reason why there's not a big amount of a uh, huge buzz around this whole storyline. This, ty- this type of storyline 
is a classic storyline in wrestling. We've seen it countless of times, and it's usually pretty exciting. It's usually, you're usually excited about this type of thing. I haven't heard anybody that's been saying they're overly excited about the reveal for this character or this group coming in. But you also have, you have WWE who's clicking on all cylinders. So if you are a wrestling fan, of course, this devil story is not the top of the list. I got punk over here. The devil story, I think was the top of the list the first few weeks. I I think that, I, I think that the story has gone too long without a major next level piece that's what it is mm-hmm. yeah they're adding wrestlers like i said we feel like it was warlow under the hood one time i still think it was uh kyle o'reilly uh last week actually as one of the people i know that that movement that he does so they're adding wrestlers to it but they're not adding it's like the bloodline story if every couple months we didn't get something else that was definitive and we haven't gotten anything definitive yet that's why i feel like it's kind of going the wrong way um it's time for them to have something definitive and maybe maybe we get it this week. But I think that's why, E, I think that's why you don't feel like, oh, this is what it should be. Because it started out super hot in the who done it, who did it. And then it kind of just got to a point where they just keep adding layers on it without answering any other questions. So we talked about it. They have to stick the landing. And every week that goes by, and the more they keep adding to it, I'm just like, unless this is one of the best thought out, drawn out storylines in AEW history, which it may well be if you have the right people thinking this it's gonna be hard to stick the landing or the other thing i thought about too is what if the legit injuries that have happened has made them pivot like what if somehow would it make sense if they do the reveal at world's end and it's like a whole group of people we've seen already and then a few X WWE people that their 90 days will be up by that time. Would that even make sense? I just, I wonder. I just don't think the devil storyline is as bad or as lackluster as maybe Ishana say, maybe what you're saying too, Matt, I think it's just, is it going a little bit too long? Maybe I can't argue that part, but I don't have a problem with it. It just WWE is so hot. I just have to look at it by comparison. My intention is just going over to WWE. And the, the storylines is where they do storylines very well and character building very well. That's just taking up a lot of my attention. If I was just an AEW chick, I probably would be like, okay, no, I'm, I'm liking this double line, the storyline. No, well, I that's, mean, that's, that's me- part of the problem though. I think that I don't think it's that big of a, it's how it should be to an AEW fan. Like, right. You got uncle. But Dave, are you, would you say AW you, are, would you say you are a true See, when, I, when I talk about, when I talk about, I'm not when I make a comment, I'm not specifically talking about me. I'm talking about like when I read things and I listen to yeah, people comment things of that you. nature. I'm talking about the overall post. Like, I, well, I think it's over. I think it's convoluted. Like, I don't think that uh, I don't think they're going to give us a, a proper finish in the match. I actually think this storyline is one of the things that makes them WWE light. They're trying to do this huge arcing, over convoluted type of story where they should just shut up and wrestle. To be honest with you, give me Ooh, a continental see, classic match. Work, though. I think it's, they've been trying to do that. And that hasn't worked. I think That's you the, need yeah. more. I think that yeah. now y'all, not y'all, but Eve, you're saying two different things. First, you say that you want the storylines. Now they shut up and wrestle. No, we've been saying that we want to have some substance to these stories. But if, if, they, if they're going to give us, this ain't substance. If you're going to give me junk food, don't give but, me food at all. 
Like that's oh, that's, you that's said you want junk food. This is this episode is junk thirty. Food. That's all you right, wanted no, no. was junk food. This you is, remember that? This is you junk that? food. This is M and M's. junk food. Thirty. This is M and M's dipped in whipped cream. That's what okay. this is. That's okay. that's what this Amnesia. is right here. This this Amnesia. ain't this ain't what I want. Like this isn't what I talked about. And I think that they would do better off, be well better off, telling simpler, easy to follow stories that make sense with good wrestling. This ain't simple or easy to follow. This is some convoluted. Like I'm trying to tell, like the you know, like the loss. So. They ain't the loss, man. They're not. Ta- Look, let me tell you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be hundred percent right. They don't have the talent or the personnel to write episodic loss television. They just don't. This is somebody with a crayon writing on a piece of paper oh, and coming up with stuff every week, and it looked like crayon. Every week. Hey, I know y'all like make believe and y'all like coloring books, but I'm a, I'm a man who does it. All right. Give me, give me your novel. This ain't a novel. This is, oh this is a crayon God. book. I can't do this. This is a crayon. You. I can't do this. This is a, this is a coloring book. How and they, and guess what? They don't have a color in the lines, y'all. They don't have a color in the lines, y'all. They scribble scrabbling. They scribble scrabbling. Like it's the, like the colors supposed to be blue, you're not, you're and they didn't use red, y'all. All right, it's supposed to be purple. They didn't use white. You right, are that's a hater. That's what it is. Just, You're a W hater. I just said I enjoyed the shows. A couple of but shows. But, yeah. I don't enjoy... but you can't say you can't talk about that devil storyline and say that is is not all what it's supposed to be. In the level of the level that you talk about crayons. I can give you what, color what? pencils. I give you color pencils. But crayons, dude. Well, listen, it's 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 three of us, and Matt has already admitted that he thinks it's a little convoluted as well. So I don't think no, I'm that far base. You know, but if, you say, if you say, hey, Matt, thumbs up, yeah. thumbs down on the storyline, I'm not giving it a thumbs down. I just continue to worry that after every week, it's going to be really hard to stick the landing. But I am hoping they have flushed this all out and it's going to make the most sense in the world. And it leads to the whole uh, contract of 2024, right? That it felt like, OK, there's a reason why he kept going with it. They kept going with it. And the timing just makes too much sense now for his contract to allegedly be up. I think the day before the first dynamite of the year, this just makes too much sense. But you got to stick the landing. Y'all got two, three weeks and somebody will be able to go back and say episode 90. Who was right? And guess what? Oh, you just, you just, you know, you just built it. You built it. This has been the reason he's the devil. He's going to win it. What is the devil's in or the world's in? He's going to leave AEW to go to WWE as the AW champion. He, he, needed, he, needed, he needed to create some storyline. He, so. he needed to create some kind of storyline to make sure he to ensure he had the championship title come the end of his contract. Let me let that's, me ask that's, you that's a motive. Let me ask you, good Mac. I guess you're, you're the neutral one. If MJF's ultimate reveal as the devil, give me your excitement level. Do I see? Do I hear the promo that explains everything yet, or he takes the mask off and it's the him? Which one? Because that's going to completely change. Like say, like okay. Let's fast forward. It is world's in right now. He wrestles Joe. He beats Joe. Somehow the masked person gets in the ring. He takes the mask <laughs> off and is in Okay? And they go they go to black. They go black. My assignment level is probably one out of ten. Now, if something happens and I get the uh maybe I get a incredible video package that shows every single time he was the devil and it was him. Now I'm probably looking at about an eight or a nine. Because, and it wouldn't be because of the future. It would be, you told me a great story and you showed me all the connections. At this point, this is the last thing I'll say on it. I'm just worried with all the twists and turns it feels like we've seen and gotten. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's in our head, kind of, and it's more to what's going on 
than what we see. But to me, it feels like the twists and turns aren't going to make sense at the end, no matter who it is now at this point. Because if Adam Cole was the devil and say he's not hurt by the time they do the reveal, say he can walk, why did he attack Adam Page? Are, are they going to connect the dot to when they feuded in ROH and we first came into AEW? That kind of don't make sense. Like, that's why. If we know that was Warlow under the mask. Why is Adam Cole and Warlow working together? And then are they faces or heels? And then that's why. It, it's, there's going to be a lot of questions. But that can make for incredible television. It could come January. And then the tournament is going to be over. So now you got one singular major storyline, and that is MJF and Adam Cole or the devil, whatever that may be. Crayon box with, with Walmart crayons. We should end the show right there. Uh, just in case y'all got anything else, that's funny. Y'all, y'all went about three minutes about crayons, colored pencils. That was great. I wish I could see what I could see. I went back to go watch the final part of Dynamite, uh-huh. and it was it was Nick freaking Wayne's mom hair hanging down with Edge or Adam Copeland facing down on the ground. <laughs> so when I looked go. up from the dinner table, I saw that image and I pictured it as her laying flat out on the ground. Like, Damn, what in the hell? You just looked back down, huh? <laughs> I sure did. I told you after the match, I was like, oh shit. I was like, was that just Adam and Christian? It was. It was. That explains it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, this is a wrap. We out of here. Thank y'all for listening again. Hit the follow button. We I haven't talked about that yet. Continue to support the pod by hitting that follow button, leaving a five star wherever you listen to it. Uh, leave us comments. I would love to get your guys' thoughts, of course, on everything we talked about, but maybe in particularly the devil storyline. Where are you guys at with it? Thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down? The reveal should be happening here really, really soon. So leave that, and we'll go over any fun and cool comments or questions on the next episode. Thank you guys again for listening, and we will see you on the next one.